Hi, this is Lenny Kaiser. Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Podcast. Today's guest is Steve Leonard. Steve is a retired Army Colonel and the Program Director for the Master of Science Program in Business and Organizational Leadership at the University of Kansas. He's also the creator of the popular Doctrine Man, a humorous military cartoon that blossomed into an online brand with nearly 200,000 followers. If you've met Steve or followed Doctrine Man, you know he's passionate, not just about doctrine, but about mentorship, professional development, and helping service members and veterans succeed at all stages of their careers. Today, I'm picking his brain on those topics and more. Let's start by kind of talking about a topic that seems to be close to what you've always done working with the military and now at Kansas University, professional development and why lifelong learning is important. And specifically, do you think service members take advantage of the learning opportunities that the military offers, like what you see offered at CGSC? Are there other opportunities out there that maybe service members don't know about? What does that lifelong learning kind of look like? As strange as it sounds, that's a great question, Lindy, because honestly, there's a few different ways to look at this. The military offers, and I'll put that in quotation marks, a regular menu of learning, again, in quotation mark opportunities. We almost joke about the fact that there's learning opportunities around every corner, but there really are. We just don't always look at them that way. So you have regular professional military education courses. You have any number of short courses, and you have more than your fair share of training exercises. They're, they're always there. Then you have broadening opportunities, which most of which are fairly uh, competitive. And then there's the day-to-day learning that we, we should all do anyway. They're just the things that you, you pick up on throughout the day. And along the way, there's professional development, there's civilian education, and everybody's favorite is self-development, and that's usually where we suffer the most, and, and which really none of those are offered as much as discovered. And this is where, if you're really interested in developing yourself, that a good coach or a mentor comes in handy because those are the people who can help you find those opportunities to grow and develop that you might not otherwise discover on your own. Fellowships, partnerships, just different things that maybe aren't formally on the book somewhere that, that offer an opportunity for you to maybe take a couple of weeks and go through something. So the short answer to your question is no that we rarely take full advantage of the learning opportunities that are offered in one form or another. But quite honestly, we probably don't have that time to chase every one of them either. So they're there. They're generally available if you're willing to put in the hard work. But you really have to kind of look at what you want and what you need and have somebody who can help you find those things that are right for you. The key to lifelong learning is understanding that, you know, like I said a a minute ago, that there's learning around every corner and finding those learning opportunities and taking advantage of them. You know, as a lieutenant, when I was a brand new junior officer, Wednesday mornings in the motor pool were incredible learning opportunities. I mean, I learned about leading. I learned about taking care of things that didn't necessarily belong to me and how to supervise people who were doing something that they didn't necessarily want to do but had to do anyway, and how to make that fun. And so you learned, but you had to look at it that way. You could look at the motor pool and say, man, I don't want to be in the motor pool on Wednesday morning. I learned to look at it as, hey, this is a great chance that I'm going to have all my troops together in one place. I'm going to be able to work with them and talk to them and get to know them better. And along the way, you learn a lot. For example, an NTC rotation is a great example. I've never met anybody who actually liked to go to NTC or JRTC, but 
quite frankly, if you pay close attention, especially to those around you, they're incredible learning opportunities. And I would tell people that the best thing that you can do in that kind of an environment is vicarious learning. You learn from the experiences of others. So you watch what other people do, you watch what other people screw up, and you learn from that. And yeah, okay, so it might not be a lot of fun to be there, but there's a learning opportunity there. And you put a positive spin on it because that's part of the learning environment. It's also important to know that what you learn changes over time. What you learn as a junior service member tends to change as you gain perspective and experience over time. So the lessons that I learned as a lieutenant were different than the lessons that I learned as a colonel, but there's still learning going on, and they're learning at every level. You have to be able to identify the kind of learning that you need to do and then seek out those opportunities that help you do that learning. Now, the corollary to this is to find those things that offer some out-of-the-box learning. And that's the kind of thing that not everybody likes to think about or even thinks about. And those are typically, uh, you know, new challenges or opportunities that provide a different kind of lessons. Say starting a blog, for example, or pursuing an assignment that's completely out of your comfort zone. When I came back from my last deployment, my boss, uh, uh, retired General Perkins, said, hey, I want to make you the G3 of the Combined Arms Center, which was absolutely the job that I did not want to have. I looked around and I saw the colonels that got to come in at 7.30, leave at 4.30, had two hours to go to the gym during lunch. I thought, man, that's what I want to do as a colonel. No, I got the job where I got to come to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was lucky to get home by 7 o'clock at night. Lunch was usually how much food you could shovel in your mouth, and all day was a, uh, a fire hose of learning. But it was a great broadening experience, but no one would ever call it that. But it was. It absolutely stretched me in every way imaginable, and I grew, and I learned, and I developed. I was exhausted at the end of two years, but hey, it was a great learning experience. So finding those kind of things that push you out of your comfort zone, that put you into a completely new situation, you're going to end up learning a lot more than if you keep doing what you already know. Part of that lifelong learning is, isn't just self-development, reading lots of books, going to professional development seminars, but finding things that push you into an uncomfortable direction and then mastering those things. That really expands your skill set in ways that no one ever can match. It's not a lot of fun at the time. It's always a lot of fun in retrospect. You learn so much. You grow and develop. If you take that, that whole philosophy of learning while you're in uniform and you just push that outward into other adventures that make you uncomfortable, that finding the book that you have to read twice before you understand it, that kind of stuff. Those are the kind of things that really drive lifelong learning. And I don't think that we take as much advantage of it because we don't talk about it enough. We'll talk about lifelong learning, but we won't talk about what really goes into lifelong learning. And so expanding your horizons, expanding your perspective, that's really what drives true lifelong learning. That's a long answer to a short question, by the way. But no, I love that because I think when you, you have this idea in your head that professional development is going to be some kind of online training course or reading a book or if you're committed to lifelong learning and if you're in that 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. assignment, a part of the learning process is the job that you're doing at that time and how you apply that and whether you look at it as just something to get through or whether you're saying, hey, how can I use this assignment to develop professionally, what are my takeaways? I, oh, you know, yeah, I think that's absolutely. A, that's a great example that, you know, professional development isn't just a class that you sign up for. It's kind of the mm -hmm. mindset you bring to the, the tasks that you have. 
That's a great way to say that, too. It's not just what you sign up for. And one of the things that, that used to, uh, well, I don't want to say perplex me, but it, it bothered me was that you would look at people who would say, hey, I want a broadening assignment. And a broadening assignment, and the true definition of a broadening assignment is something that broadens you, that pushes you. But really what they were saying was, hey, I want a job, a fun job. I want to go work in a think tank for a year. I want to go do this. I want to go do something, quote unquote, fun. But hey, you know what? Going, going to be an observer, trainer, controller at NTC is a broadening assignment. You're going to learn more than you've ever learned in your whole life. Doing a job that nobody else wants to do that's really hard, you're going to learn. And those are broadening assignments. And we don't do a really good job of saying, hey, we're going to broaden you. It just may not be in the way that you think. But we're going to push you. And we're going to push you in a good direction. Thinking about resources that service members, pretty much anyone can take advantage of. I think from your remarks earlier, I got one. Mentors can kind of help steer you in the right direction or point you towards professional development opportunities. What would you say are some resources to help someone who says, hey, I, I do want to you know, learn more ha about how I can be a lifelong learner or I want to develop the right mindset or attitude or skill set to be a continual learner, what can help someone take advantage of that? So it's funny that you say that because I grew up in a time where I came into the Army when Ronald Reagan was still president. At that point in time, resources were limited. You, you, you didn't have that many resources. It was interesting to see what professional development was like in those days. It was very structured, but it wasn't bad. And good coaches, good mentors, they found ways to develop you with the limited resources that were available at the time. Fast forward 30 years, and where do you start? I mean, there are resources around every corner. You, you, it's, no, it's no longer a matter of where do you find the resources as how do you sort through and focus the resources to what you need and what you want. And like I'll use Doctrine Man as an example. Uh, I, I use that. Uh, I try to focus a lot of what I do on sharing those kinds of resources that I find with others. And so that's part of the idea behind the whole the whole brand. And yeah, I, I mean it's absolutely a brand. I go out of my way to identify and share resources for leader development and professional growth. It's rare that you won't find a day where I don't post something from one of those resources. It might be an article, it might be a discussion thread. I'm constantly reaching out to sites like the Military Leader, the Field Grade Leader, 3x5 Leadership, Company Grade Leader, the Wavo Room, the Cove, Divergent Options, Modern War Institute, they just go on and on. But all of those sites provide a forum for professional growth and development that's very focused and very helpful. In some cases, they touch on niche subjects, but you look at those things in the broadest sense, and they provide a terrific resource that helps people grow, not just leaders, but just about anybody. I mean, you don't have to be a leader to want to learn about urban operations. You can you can be anybody who, who wants to study the evolution of warfare in urban environments, and hey, the Modern War Institute is building an incredible library towards that end. You're a young company-grade leader, whether you're an officer, an NCO, or a warrant. You want to know where to focus at the company-grade level? Well, that's company-grade leader's business. That's all they do. And so everybody, all those resources, you know, I try to grab those resources and push them out. And I'll be honest, I mean, there's no shortage to, to the resources that are out there. Some of them are better than others. And in the same sense, I have a lot of people who come to me and say, hey, I want to write or I want to do something, and I link them up 
with different sites, different resources, whatever. I don't think there's a day where I don't get up that I don't have 20 or 30 messages waiting, asking those kinds of questions. Something that I never expected to do 10 years ago when I started that page, but that's what it's there for. It's there for people to come in and say, hey, look, I'm trying to put on this kind of a, a professional development seminar or I've got people looking for this, where can we go? And that's kind of the value of, of that kind of a forum is um, I'm able to be able to do that. At the end of the day, there's a lot more resources out there than we have time to discuss, enough so that it's hard to keep track of them all. And I'm as guilty as anybody as I probably have forgotten more of them than I can remember. And I have to be reminded from time to time. And if I was smart, I would keep a, a scoreboard on the wall of my office that had everything listed. So I didn't have to go through that whole learning process all over again every time somebody asked me something simple. Now, the other side of this coin, it's interesting. One side is almost all professional development, but the other side is what are the resources out there for personal development? And I try to share those kinds of things, too. They're a little different. If you really believe that what you're trying to achieve is a whole person concept, not just develop somebody professionally, but personally, because it's that whole person idea that is really what you want to achieve. You want somebody who's well-rounded, who's balanced, and that's true development in that sense. You know, I like to say that we want people to develop themselves to their fullest potential, and that means kind of hitting all those stops along the way. A big part of the graduate program that I run at the University of Kansas is geared to that very end. I try to leverage both personal and professional development in a way that weaves the two together almost seamlessly. I built a program hand-in-hand -hand with the leadership faculty at uh, the Command and General Staff College so I could pick up where they left off in terms of developing leaders and then bring in some other things in the same at the same time. It's not a pure military environment. It's mixed with civilians. We have international students for the first time this year that are not military international students, but actual international students from around the world. They're going to come in and provide an environment that's really focused on learning beyond just the military. The end result is that the students who go through the program, they do get a professional development experience that, that's really unparalleled among the institutions that share education there because what it does is it picks up on their Command and General Staff College education, pushes them to the next level, and prepares them for what's coming. But we do the same thing for civilians, uh, the people that come from business and industry, in the same way. We get people that are about that same point in their professional careers, and we give them those tools to push forward professionally. But on a personal level, we also give them an education that prepares them and stretches them personally in a way that there's life beyond what they're doing today. You give them an education that they can carry with them. And to pivot off that earlier thought, this is all about lifelong learning and lighting that spark in those people that if that spark isn't already there, by the time they leave that program, that spark is lit. And I get a chuckle when I get a note from a student that's gone through and, and they're asking, have I read this book or did I see this or, hey, what about this page? And I, and I almost chuckle. I spent a half an hour talking to a student the other day about something, a former student who wanted to meet to talk about what he was reading and writing and where he was going and doing things. And it was a satisfying moment for me personally because then I said, I, I knew inherently that I had lit that spark with this guy. He was already a, an incredibly intelligent guy, but lit that spark and it had just carried on on its own, which is the, the intent in my mind to, to lifelong learning is you want to inspire others to do the same.
But you make good points. A part of it is the tenacity of kind of reaching out and how a lot of times, especially veterans come out and it's not that there is a lack of resources. It's we've, we've talked about this before. It's that knowing which resources to take advantage of and don't be afraid to ask what those resources are. Count on the peers around you. And it's nice to have folks reaching out. I think in the Internet age, sometimes we're afraid that somebody famous like Dr. Man would not want to be followed up with. But now I know I can add to your 20 and 30 message pile in the morning. Next time I have a question, it's coming your way. You're engaged in a lot of different things. So maintaining Doctrine Man, co-founder of the professional writing site, Divergent Opinions. You do your own writing. You have a day job at the University of Kansas. Certainly these are all kind of different opportunities that you've had. How do you vet what opportunities are good to take advantage, which are helping you grow personally and professionally? And and where is one maybe taking away from something else that you could or should be doing? I think that is the problem with the power of having options sometimes. There are so many options. How do you kind of drill into where you should be focusing your time? You and I had a conversation or at least shared a note earlier about the idea of a brand. And so Dr. Man, I have to treat it like a brand. And I was very fortunate when I retired to go to work for someone who was very brand conscious, had written extensively on branding as she brought me under her wing. And I developed a new appreciation for what it was. But she had known about Doctrine Man and she had followed Doctrine Man. And she recognized in me as someone who had an appreciation for the fact that it was a living, breathing brand that could go one way or the other. And the amount of focus and effort that had to go into maintaining a consistent brand. Because you don't want it to go new Coke on you. You don't want it to do something. You don't want to do something that would hurt the brand in any way, which means you've got to manage that brand. And that means staying true to it, not taking it in a direction that's not consistent with the core idea of the brand, which has always been about providing a professional sounding board to others. That brand is supposed to be one that represents an open exchange of productive ideas, which is not always the easiest thing to do in today's climate. Now, that wasn't your question, but it really kind of gets to where I'm going to take this, because as I had an opportunity to kind of expand on what I was doing and spread my wings, per se, engaging in new ventures, I had to look at every single one and, and really weigh them carefully, because it's less about what grows me professionally at this point or personally and what can be done to help others develop, uh, to strengthen and reinforce the existing brand. Because they don't go anywhere without somebody saying, hey, that's Doctrine Man. I would almost rather leave it somewhere and just be, just be Steve Leonard, but it doesn't always work out that way. And I have to accept that. In general, I try to do like a speaking engagement once a quarter, which is about all the time I can currently manage. So when I add something to the to-do list, that usually means something else has to come off. So then I go back through a very deliberate process and I look at what I'm doing and what I can move away from. And, and that happens, you know, about once a year I'll go through that as a cycle and carving out that additional time otherwise would be impossible. I have to look at those opportunities that, okay, I'm going to move from here, I'm not going to do this, whatever, pull away from certain obligations so I can explore new new opportunities. What's funny and what I tell people is that when it comes to professional development and to helping others grow, I thought that when I was a colonel that I was busy beyond belief because my days were incredibly long. The work never went away. But I redefined that term after I took off the uniform. My wife and kids, they'll tell me right off the bat, you're a workaholic. 
but it's really more about doing everything that I can do to give back and to make a difference. Because at the end of the day, that's what we should all be doing. And if more of us did it, maybe I would have more time to do the things that really drive my passion, you know, writing, speaking, and that sort of thing. Make a long story less long, whenever I try to do something new, whenever I write a piece, I almost have to figure out what I'm going to take off the plate. Or it becomes this struggle of how do you balance all the time requirements. And I don't usually say no. So if somebody asks me to do something, I'm usually going to say yes unless it's absolutely impossible to do. There's always that give and take. I love the fall because by the time the fall starts, my syllabus is done, my course schedule stuff is done, all my class prep is done, and I have niche time available that I wouldn't normally have outside of class prep time. And so all of a sudden, life gets a little bit better. Summer, summer when everybody wants to go, go on vacation, I literally work from middle of May to the middle of August and it's all day, every day, usually till six or seven at night. And so, like, when you and I talk about, hey, what what else can we do? I look into the fall, and I know I'm going to open up some time, and things are going to be a little bit better, and it's all good. I mean, it's all about balance. <laughs> and I don't know what else to say. It's where do you find the balance and finding that time? And you and I even had to reschedule this. I mean, there's life happens, so... uh I'm glad we were able to do it. I'm glad we were able to carve out the time, and I think it was well worthwhile. Yeah, it is for me. I'm learning a lot. There's value in kind of looking annually and looking long-term at what your schedule is. It's good to know that you have things in seasons, you know, and then it's also where your passion is and what, you know, what you care about. And clearly you have these interests in writing and the interest in public speaking and looking for more of those new opportunities and then seeing what else can move or go away to make room for that. That makes a lot of sense. So I have to bring up in another recent interview, you said something that I really loved. People who stop developing themselves personally and professionally after college might as well tattoo it on their foreheads. So I, I liked that. How do you read that tattoo on the forehead? Because I hear that a lot from kind of the IT candidates who work with on clearance jobs that, you, you know, you, you're constantly relearning your job. You don't have the option to just say, like, I've, I'm done, like, I've, I'm finished. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, obviously that applies to technology because we know it's a, a rapid field, but really that applies to anyone. How do you kind of spell out that difference? How can you tell that person? So honestly, as a senior leader, I'd have to say that the most disappointing sight was someone who you recognized as the, as someone who had coasted along until the military no longer had use for them. That they weren't growing, they weren't developing, they were just coasting. And coasting is probably as good a term as having it tattooed on their foreheads. And sadly, these same people tend to be the ones who aren't very well prepared for what's on the other side of the fence. But that said, I don't think you can exclusively blame them necessarily. As leaders, we all have an obligation to do everything that we can to grow that next generation. In most cases, the people that you see who have gone stagnant have never had anyone light that spark that I mentioned earlier, light that spark for them, drive them to become more. And that spark is what fuels lifelong learning, and it creates the opportunities that allow us to grow and develop and become more. Unless somebody lights that spark for you, unless somebody encourages you to grow and develop, you won't. You'll do what you have to do to get by, and that's just not right. Uh, the tattoo comment, in hindsight, was probably a little harsh. It referred back to the example that I typically most often draw on when I have these kinds of discussions. Personally, I, I used to work for a commander who looked at professional development 
as less of an opportunity and more of a distraction. And he wasn't a lifelong learner. In fact, he wasn't a learner in, in any way, shape, or form by any stretch of the imagination. He rarely read. When he did pick up a book, it was almost always an old pulp western paperback. That's all well and good, but that was it. I don't think you can grow a lot just reading that, just one genre like that. That was bad enough for him on a personal level. But what really cemented the tattoo on the forehead was that he also discouraged professional development in his subordinates. Uh, in his mind, it was a waste of time. Maybe because he himself had never developed over the years, or maybe because he didn't really know how or what to do. When I would recommend that, hey, maybe we could have the company commanders write an article. That's a waste of time. Nobody reads articles. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, I even went to the extent of offering to take on professional development for him, to, to put together a program. It could be his program, but I'd do all the work. I'd put it together, and I never forgot the response I got. Please don't get your Sam stink on my officers. And it was School of Advanced Military Studies kind of thing. It stuck with me. And that experience was a driving factor behind the program that I run now at KU because I could look back at all the opportunities that were lost to grow young leaders personally and professionally that we just didn't do. When I had an opportunity to begin to start a graduate program, I built one that would, if it worked right, would carry that passion for professional development forward into a new generation and then it would be like ripples in a pond once we planted the seeds that those people that went through that program would go out and do the same kinds of things and so we would create this gigantic ripple effect of professional development that would carry forward to that end in my program the final product is in oral comps it isn't a big final exam they're required to build um, a professional development strategy from nuts to bolts, how to grow people, how to grow them personally and professionally across multiple dimensions, and that's how they're evaluated. Because they can take that program, they can go to their next organization, or when they command the next time, implement it from the get-go, and they've got a program that will do everything that needs to do. And that should begin a cascading process of growth and development that over the years will just spread across the military and spread into the business world too, because it's not exclusively military folks. Now, I go back and I think about the guy with the tattoo on his forehead. He really didn't have a tattoo on his forehead. I mentioned that I find that extremely disappointing. It used to make me angry. Now it's just disappointing. I have time and perspective on my side. But I look at people like that, and I think in the end that those are the people that ultimately threaten our profession the most, more so even than people who may might suffer from moral or ethical challenges, because we can weed those people out of the ranks over time. Leaders who discourage learning and development are like an inoperable brain tumor, and there's probably no better metaphor, because the longer they're in, the bigger the tumor gets, the more damage it's going to do. Honestly, if those people just do their job, they're going to stay in. But as long as they're there and they have that cancerous impact on the institution, that's a tough one to reverse. And the end result is they produce a lot of stagnant people. The insidious nature of that tumor is just, you know, it's impossible to ignore. And I see that as a result. I see them as a greater threat to the institution writ large than, than just about anything else.
We want a force that's filled with people who want to be more than what they are, that want something bigger than themselves, that, that want to give back, that want to do good. That's important. That's lifelong learning. And anything that works against lifelong learning is probably something that we need to find new and inventive ways to uh, eradicate from the force. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Security Clearance Podcast. Please visit news.clearancejobs.com for more security clearance news, insights, and information. Have a great day.